Before we get started, we'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we produce this podcast, the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung people of the Kulin Nation, and pay our respects to their elders, past and present. Hello, Todd. G'day. How are you? I'm very good. Me too. Welcome to What a Great Punk, Thanks. another episode of our podcast. Uh, today we're joined by Milo Orkerman from Descendants, um, which is a massive honor and a massive thrill. We're really um, stoked. It's a, it's a great conversation. We, we talked a lot about Milo's career in Descendants and in science and a lot of other things. We'll be playing Yours and Owls Festival with yeah. Descendants in Wollongong, October 14 and 15 are the dates for that festival. We're playing on the Sunday, which is the 15th. Descendants are playing on the Saturday, which is the 14th. So we'll not see them, unfortunately. Yeah, we won't, but you will because you can get tickets to both days. They're almost sold out too, so you should get them quick. Um, If Descendants and TNSW isn't enough to get you there, which it should be, um, Mm -hmm. the lineup's sick. You got your Royal Lotus, your Earl Sweatshirt, your Oliver Tree, we love that song. Yeah. <laughs> There's just so many sick bands. It's a massive lineup. Um, shout out Posse Shot, shout out Big Posse Wet. Shot, RBG. Gut Health. Um, and Hilltops, come on. I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting the nosebleeds for that one. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Nice. Yeah. yeah, get your tickets. It's nearly sold out. Yeah. Um, so that'd be great. Um, so shout outs yours and ours. And shout outs Young Henry's. Yeah, thanks Young Henry's for supporting the pod and, and for supplying us with a never-ending, uh, seemingly never-ending supply of d- Young Henry's end, ginger beer. Yes, they do. Um, but yeah, it's delicious. The ginger beer, as we all know, it's got extremely good bite. Yes, it does. Bites it's like got a, good bite, bites yeah. like a croc, a snappy, it snappy crocodile. Snaps your head off. Um, hazy pale ale, it's great. Newtown is awesome. Delicious yeah. beers. I'm loving the stay out, the mid-strength as well on pod. Yeah, I love that. But yeah, big thanks and shout-outs to Young Henry's. Yeah, sick. Oh, and we're on tour. We've announced shows that you can buy tickets for in Melbourne and Sydney, Oxford Art Factory in the Corner Hotel with Drunk Mums um, and uh, Spunk in... Melbourne. And in the Nits in Sydney. Sydney. Um, yeah. Get tickets for those because the last few shows we've done in Sydney and Melbourne sold out. We did yeah. two in each city on our last tour yeah so yeah get tickets to those 24th and 25th of November those two shows we're also um, for those of you in Queensland playing the 27th and 28th of October at the Zoo and Moe's Clubhouse yeah 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 they're good they're good lineups so get those ticks too yeah they're going to be good shows so we're looking forward to seeing everyone there finishing off the year with a bang yeah um Cool. All right. Well, should we get into the episode? Oh, God, yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is Milo Orkerman from Descendants. Enjoy. Catchy smile. You got that catchy smile. Stop a while. Come back with that catchy smile. Come back, baby. We'll fly away. Come back, we'll just fly away Together, baby, but don't tell your nonna Welcome back to another episode of What A Great Punk Hello, Todd Hey, how's it going? Very well, thanks And hello, Milo from Descendants Hello, good to be with you It's great to have you here, man Thanks so much for coming on the pod Yeah, so what is it? It's morning for you guys, right? Yeah, it's 8am Okay 8am 
Got your got your mugs of coffee. I hope. Oh, I finished yeah, mine, which is okay, a bit devastating. <laughs> I just re-upped. Oh, okay, damn it. Good. Okay. Very good. Smart. You're a massive coffee fan, aren't you, Milo? Yeah, the whole band is, um, <laughs> uh, and we we tend to drink, you know, several pots of it before we go on stage. Um, and I've I've been tr- I've been trying to cut back, but the problem is if I if I don't drink coffee and the rest of the band does. Then I'm always trying to play catch up on stage. Like they're always like the next song ahead or whatever. So, yeah. So, you really get yourselves like quite, you're not mucking around when you say that. You get yourselves quite caffeinated. Yeah. And actually, in recent years, Bill has said, if I didn't, or that's the drummer, he said, if he didn't, if he didn't drink coffee before he played, all, everything would be like, you know, five beats slower. He just literally can't play the tempos so without, without the coffee. So, yeah. Wow. It is our, it is our crutch. It is our drug and it is our crush. <laughs> I, if I have too much coffee, sometimes I'll get like a coffee green out where I just like lose, um, I can't think straight and like I'm just overdosed kind of thing. Do you get that? Yeah, you do. And I, I try to avoid that because actually um, if I drink too much coffee before I play, then what it means is I won't be able to sleep afterwards. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's that's a big issue for a singer if a singer doesn't sleep. And actually the first time I came to Australia, I, my voice got blown out just because I drank too much coffee and then couldn't go to sleep after the gig. And then the next gig was screwed. Yeah. Right. Do, do you, do you, do you like going home after a show or do you enjoy like hanging out and, or going out and seeing some lights and places? I, I, I don't like, I wouldn't necessarily go out cause I, I, I like to kind of like really chill after, but, but I, I like being backstage and, and talking to people. Sure. Yeah. Um, I've got a whole after show routine. I gotta, I gotta look for a shower and, and get some hot steam going for my voice and this kind of thing. But then once I'm all, you know, steamed up, then I want to have a beer and, and and say hi to people for sure. Yeah, yeah. nice. And what about um? Do you like sightseeing? Yeah. So I, what I find is that when when I have a day off, those are the cities that that I remember the best, like, yeah. Oh, I remember that city because I had a day off and I could actually <laughs> do that kind of stuff. When yeah. it's like, um, when it's like a show, 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 you don't have as much of that opportunity because you're just trying to kind of conserve your energy or you're just, you're on a plane somewhere or you're, you know, just trying to kind of chill and not, and not be too, you know, energetic <laughs> before the show. So, yeah, I think this time through, I've got a day off before, uh, well, anyways, I, some of the days off that I have, I, I usually take advantage of them and, and see the sights for sure. Yeah. yeah, nice. It sounds like you really take good care of your voice. I guess, I mean, you're supposed to, and especially when you tour as much as you guys do. And the way you sing as well, it's like, would be quite like, I can imagine like tough on the, tough on the, on the voice. Yeah. I mean, I, I try to, I try to give it a lot of like volume and I try to give it a lot of aggression and that can take the toll on my voice. But I've, you know, the, you try to learn things through the years and I've learned, for example, the thing about sleep is an important one. Hydration, huge thing. You got to drink a ton of water mm. and then just, and then just preparation. I mean, whenever, like we're going out here to play, uh, you know, Australia and Japan right before that. And you got to put the time in, uh, you got to practice. Mm. Um, and we all just kind of practice, you know, ourselves. Like I don't, they're not, I'm not living in the same city with the band. So I do karaoke. <laughs> and you know, and uh, I think Stefan does. He's a guitar player. He does guitar karaoke, basically. Right. Mm. And 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 Bill and Carl, bass and drums. Um, they 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 are able to 
to kind of play together. At least two members get to play together. Oh, that's cool. And they're playing. Yeah. So we're just all trying to kind of make it all work from afar, basically. That's like the most the, the most important duo to be able to get meet together and play bass and drums. Huh? That's like, that's really yeah, fortunate. Yeah. Yeah, because they're really tight with each other, for sure. And then do you have like one like mega band practice where everyone gets together before the tour or do you just wing it, go straight into the first show? Well, what we do is we, at Soundcheck, if anyone has any, you know, kind of, hey, we need, can we work on this song here? And we'll do pretty long sound checks, especially early on in the tour, we'll do a lot, like really long sound checks just to kind of work out whatever needs to get worked out. But, you know, we've been playing these songs so long. (laughs) yeah. They're pretty much ingrained. I, I could, I could play them in my sleep, um, but hopefully it doesn't sound like that when I'm when I'm actually playing. Well, no, not with the amount of coffees you guys drink. Yeah. Right. How, how did you How did you find that voice as a as a teenager? Like the the, the, the that vocal like quality tone to it. Well, it was born out of necessity because you you know back then there you know the the we were we didn't have the best the best gear. And so our PA was just this wimpy little PA. Mm. Meanwhile, the guitar players got like some nice loud amp. And, the, and so the, <laughs> and everyone's, everyone's playing really loud. And here's this PA that can't really compete. So I basically had to learn to sing loud mm. just in order to kind of be able to, you know, to have it rise above the din that everyone else was creating. So that, yeah. So I, I, I learned from the very get go sing loud <laughs> but the problem is that you when you sing loud is that you, it does take a toll on your there's you know your vo- vocal preservation becomes a big challenge when you sing that loud so yeah yeah exactly because it's got that real like awesome yeah. throatiness to it which i can't i can't yeah. have never been able to do with my voice i don't know i've never i've never done it by accident i've never done it on purpose I've never been able to do it. Oh, you can do it, but then you'll sing one song and you'll be done. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want me to... Good (laughs) song. Maybe I should turn up next band practice, Jamie. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I know I also experienced having to like like shout out to beat the band in the, in the room or whatever. But at the same time, I still won't get that, like that, Mm. that breaking up that, that like hardcore throat sounding kind of vocal fry thing going. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, because I think it's it's probably a combination of just volume and also timbre because yeah. you're you know part of making it cut through is a certain like like gritty timbre that that helps to cut through like especially if you've got like you know distorted guitars in there yeah if you told you're always you're always competing against that guitar for sure yeah who was making you want to sing in bands like back in that time yeah I mean my my hero and well to, probably still to this day is, is John Doe from X. And his, um, not the Australian X, it's the, uh, the US X. Noted. <laughs> but uh, he, um, yeah, his voice is nothing like mine, but he just has the best voice ever. And it just, and just the way that, the way that they put their songs together and the way that he sings them, it just really, yeah, it's, it's all about John Doe for me. Uh, I mean, X is what got me into punk rock, essentially, because I was kind of this new wave kid. And uh, went to go see Devo play, thinking, oh yeah, cool new wave. And then the opening band was X. And it was just like, whoa. You know, I kind of opened my eyes to that. So yeah, from that moment forward, I was more like, yeah, I think I'm into this 
punk stuff more now. Wow. So you you got you kind of had a moment where you were at a show and just like, all right, I want to try and do that. I want to do that. I want to do what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think uh, so I, I, I started I started going to the Descendants practices because they were the trio at the time. And uh, and I started going to see him practice. And at some point I thought, maybe I can try this singing thing, you know? And mm. I got up on the mic and, and I, I said, hey, I'll do this song. And they said, sure. Because it was a mic set up, but no one was using it. <laughs> they weren't, they were just kind of practicing. So they're like, ah, we don't need to sing because we're just, we're just doing the practice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But with the mic set up, I thought, well, I'll sing into the mic. Um, and then I, I guess that might have impressed them. Probably not because I was hitting any notes necessarily, but just because. I had the requisite amount of energy, maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, that's, that's fascinating. So just kind of, st- it started like that, that kind of naturally in the rehearsal studio one night. Yeah. I mean, I think I kind of, I guess I, I did kind of push my, push, push my agenda on them a little bit. Like, Hey, I'm going to, you know, don't mind me. I'm just going to sing into this mic over here. <laughs> but I mean, you know, I think they, uh, they were at some point maybe just looking to have a singer maybe. And so it's, Seemed like it worked out. Yeah, and by that stage, were people pe- they they were already playing shows and stuff. Yeah, they 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 yeah they put out like his forty five. The forty five was ride the wild. It's a hectic world. Mm-hmm. And that's the only st- stuff that I'd ever heard. So I was I was hearing that and learning those songs because they were cool. And then they were playing shows. They, they opened up for a lot of LA punk bands at the time, like Black Flag, um, Minutemen, and that kind of stuff. So I got to see them a lot around LA. And then I just became kind of became their biggest fan and and went to all the shows. And then they just decided, well, this guy's a big fan of the band, so maybe just have him sing, you know? Yeah, I love yeah that. that makes sense. <laughs> That's great. Going from like ingratiating yourself in the scene to being like, quite a influential band in the same scene. It's a pretty interesting kind of thing to happen. Yeah. And I don't really, that never, that never really sunk in back then. I mean, we, we, as I said, we opened up a lot of shows for other bands and we, mm. we definitely played around quite a bit, but I never really felt like we were all of a sudden like, Hey, we're like players on the scene or whatever, you know, it just, um, you know, maybe when we released Milo goes to college, it may have, made something of a splash but not a huge splash because i mean at that point we you know we weren't really touring that much i was off down in college so released the record and then just you know we weren't really playing but yeah it i think the the it it all was a kind of a slow burn that took that was a cumulative kind of exposure that took over took took place over many many years yeah um to the point where I'd say in the mid eighties, then we were like, really just kind of like, Hey, you guys know us. Yeah. So that was, Mm. that was the good, good period. Yeah. Yeah. I love this idea of the slow kind of burn as opposed to like a, you know, like you didn't drop Milo goes to college and wham, there it was like, yeah, it was popping off, you know, like you kept working and yeah. And over time that, that, that record has become, you know, so such an influential record. Yeah. I mean, I think it's funny because when, when we first released it, it's it stuck out like a sore thumb, right? I mean, just the the the, the, the subject material, and everyone was writing about Reagan. Everyone was writing about like pull up political this or, um, and then to put a record out with a bunch of love like girly love songs on there, it definitely made it s- stick out kind of in this weird way. 
and, and at the time, I think it made it, it made it um, stick out in a kind of a weird, awkward way. Like we were the awkward band basically. Mm, mm. But I think over the course of time, it kind of stuck out in a good way because it was like, oh, these guys are really different than everyone else basically. Oh man, that's so, so cool. Yeah, I think- Why can't you say you talk to me? And then it like kind of became on to be like one of the most influential like albums from that time, just purely based on like like being really early on in that like cheeky love song set to a punk track kind of thing, which you know then bands like Blink you know did so so much of later on. Yeah, and I think the thing is is that we were just kind of following through on some of our influences, like the Buzzcocks, who did that way before us mm. <laughs> and we loved i love the buzzcocks um you know i mean uh, x obviously i've mentioned but there are there were definitely bands out there who who uh were playing punk rock who were yeah writing love songs and yeah. we we were just kind of like i mean it was and it wasn't like a strategy of like oh we're gonna write these love songs it's more like well what do we want to write like what do i want to write a song about well i'm having this relationship problem or whatever and it just it's it's kind of bugging me, so I'm just gonna, you know, write a song about it. This yeah. Kind of thing. So, yeah. Was there any kind of like, were you were you worried about like, oh shit, what if what if people don't like this, or what if we don't fit in, or any of that kind of thing, or were you guys just kind of all guns blazing, pretty confident? I think we kind of embraced this. They, we kind of embraced just the fact that we were a bunch of geeks, nerd nerd guys. We 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 never really fit in. Well, we didn't fit in at school, obviously. So then we go out to the punk rock scene and well, we don't fit in there either. <laughs> um, and so it's like, well, where do we fit in? We fit in in that practice room where we all troop into yeah. every day. And the four of us, you know, basically, you know, look at each other and make and make fast, loud music. That's where we fit in the only place. And so I think that was you just kind of you kind of learn to just kind of embrace your 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 kind of um, your uh, your status as an outsider, and and hope that that you can just keep doing this because it's fun, and hope that maybe at some point people can relate, you know, later on down the line, which yeah. is kind of what happened. So yeah, yeah. So like, let's talk about the when you left to go to college, which was in the eighties, mid eighties. Is that is that about right? Yeah. Yeah, nineteen eighty two. Yeah. Right. Okay. What what was the decision making process there? Because you just made this like incredible record. Yeah, I'm sure there were like lots of opportunities <laughs> to tour and all that yeah. kind of stuff. At the time, that was just my modus operandi. Like, just like I love this music, I love playing with you guys, but I've just got this other vision for my mm-hmm. life, you know. Wow. And and I just thought, you know, I need to go. I need to be true to what you know what what I was what I was feeling in terms of my ambitions for what I was going to do long term. And I, you know, I never really thought music was something that I could even do long term. It wasn't even something that you even that. And I don't think anyone else in the band really even thought this at the time. Like, oh, we're gonna have, we're gonna be career musicians, you know, yeah. or something like this. It just wasn't even in the, in the cards. So when uh, when it was kind of like time to to go to college, I was like, guess what? That's what I'm doing. <laughs> um, I I had 
designs on being a scientist already. I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to be a scientist. Um, and so I told Bill and he's like, that's cool. You know, we should, we should record all the songs that we've done with you. And that's when we started recording Milo goes, Milo goes to college stuff. It wasn't called Milo goes to college from the start. It was, I think it was called Milo jumps ship. Right. Um, and then <laughs> Milo is a traitor. <laughs> yeah. Milo's a traitor. And then they thought, well, that's not going to, that's not going to be good. So, <laughs> so we're going to call him Milo, Milo goes to college. That was Bill's little, I guess, tribute to me or whatever. I love it. Yeah. But I mean, it, yeah, is I think I've, every time I've quit the band, uh, cause I've quit the band numerous times yeah. and Bill's just kind of <laughs> like, you, you go do your thing. I know I, he and I just have some weird, um, kismet because, uh, he, he kind of knows where my head is at in terms of like, I got to pursue my science stuff and, mm. and how, and how I'm, I'm kind of schizophrenic in that regard. Like half my brain's got to be stimulated on science and half my brain's got to be stimulated on music. Right. And he's, so he's always kind of re- recognized that in me and, and it's just been like, you know, go do your thing. You know? Man, and, that's and, a good friend. Hey. Yeah. He's, a, he's, he's my best friend. And, uh, we've just always had each other back and all these times where I came back and, and he could have just been like, what do you, what do you think you're doing? You can't come back. You know, it's, yeah. it's like, no, every time, every time he's been, you know, very welcoming when I come back. Um, and I think I'm through, I think I'm through quitting the band at this point. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I reckon you got one more left in you. Yeah, on. One more quit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what I'd quit for though, because I'm not really getting back into science. That's just okay. not gonna happen. So. Just well, just before we move on, I just want to say I've got yeah. I made up a saying once about um friends. And uh it goes, I like my friends like I like my chicken. Free range. Free range, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I can agree I can agree, relate that because you know, Bill and I, I've talked about us being best friends, but th- we we went a couple I would say years at a time without really touching bases with each other. Right. And then, to, and then, and then to be like, you know, me kind of calling him out of the blue, like three or four years later, like, Hey, what's up? And we just pick up where we left off, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think those are the best kind of friendships. Cause that means that, that means that no one's got any kind of preconceived like expectations Yeah. or, you know, it's, it, it means that the feelings are just solid. They're not going anywhere, you know? And yeah. so you can just pick it up. How know? boring if your friend goes, Oh, where you been, man? Haven't heard from you, man. Yeah. yeah. Oh, shut the fuck up. Like, shut yeah. the fuck up. I've just been living. Why does life. that? Why does that matter? Why should <laughs> that matter? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So when you're on these, um, when you've left the band or had hiatuses or gone to do your own thing, is what's happening with the band? Well, they, they, the 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 other three guys are more just kind of like hundred percent musician guys. Yeah. So, like for example, Bill was in Black Flag for. Yeah. When I, when I went off to college, he was in Black Flag. Um, when I went off to grad school, he formed a band called All. And oh, All yeah. it was all was the other two guys in the band as well, yeah. Carl and Stefan. So basically, we had this whole kind of alternating thing where we would, they would do All. And then when I would be like, hello, I'm here again. <laughs> then then they'd go, okay, well, we'll do it as a Descendants record. And that's how, you know, Everything Sucks happened, for example. And we did Cool to Be You the same basic way, like, taking a break they took a break from all and we just did these yeah. other records so see basically that's, you know. i love that so they've had so they've been staying busy it's actually uh kind of neat because i mean they're just such great musicians and i'm just i'm just kind of always holding on for dear life you know <laughs> from a musician's perspective trying to kind of keep a pace with these guys and they just always blow me away and i'm just always trying to kind of keep 
it, 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 it's, they set a great role model for me trying to just be a musician and realizing how much, you know, how many chops they've got. And I just got to hope, hope that I can hang on basically. Do you, do you play guitar? Do you write with guitar and stuff ever? Or are you the no, no instruments kind of guy? I can play guitar. I'm yeah. not very good, but yeah. that's what I use to write. Yeah, that's, um, that's yeah, like so, me as well. Can't, yeah. Not very good at it, but can hold it. I can string chords together and I can, yeah. uh, mm. I can make a song. Yeah. What's your sort of approach to lyrics? Are you one of these guys that carries a notebook around or are you, do you wait till you get in the room and just see what comes out of your mouth when you're playing or a bit of both? I tend to, I tend to just um, be thinking about a subject and then maybe a couple lines just come to me. And that bec- that could form the basis of then a song. Like, oh, these, I like those lines. And then I might write those down or I might just kind of repeat those lines in my head over and over again and come up with a lyric that way. And this is, this is almost pre-music, just kind of like I've got this, this lyric that needs some music to go with it. So I, that's one way. Obviously, people write songs from all different perspectives. And one way that I've written songs in the past is just have a lyric and then write some music around it. Mm. But I've also, had, I've also had stuff that came fully formed. It was like, the lyric and the music kind of just, you know, kind of somehow drifted in, appeared. They just kind of appeared at the same mm, time. Yeah. And then I've, and then I've done the thing where you, you have a, a bunch of chords that you make a song out of and here's my song. And now I got to sit down and write words for it. Um, like the first song I wrote for the band was hope. And that was, um, that was done that way. I had the, I had all these chords together. I say, I showed Bill, I showed Bill my song with all the chords. He's like, Oh, that's cool. I like that song. It kind of inspires hope. So then I go, oh, I guess it's called hope now. And then, the, and then the subject matter had to be kind of hopeful. Yeah. So that's how it got written that way. Oh, so cool. You, did you you studied biochemistry? Is that is that right? Yeah, in genetics, biochemistry, genetics. Yeah. And that was that was that the area of science that you were keen to get into when you were dreaming of going to school to do science? Yeah, I I around the same time I got into punk, I was getting in. I was. Uh, in high school, I had to take this bio class and the teacher made me give a oral report and I didn't know what to do it on. And I was kind of pissed that I had to do it, but I did it on DNA. And so, uh, but, but what have, after having given the oral report, I thought, yeah, this DNA stuff's cool. So then I became kind of obsessed with just the concept of DNA. What is it? <laughs> right, yeah. How can I, how can I manipulate it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so that's, that's what I went to college for was, basically just to do what's called molecular biology or genetics, that kind of stuff where you get to basically futz around with DNA. So that was kind of fun. Have you got any of your favorite things that you've learned? Like the the things that you tell at a dinner party or whatever about DNA or molecular biology that we wouldn't know? I mean, I guess one of the, my most exciting uh, things I discovered was that there are uh, tiny little bits of RNA called micro RNAs. RNA is the other kind of nucleic acid uh, in the cell. And there are tiny little micro RNAs that are like 20 nucleotides long. And they do a bunch of regulatory things in, in, in both plants and in humans. I was working in plants at the time and I, I discovered one of the first uh, plant micro RNAs. So wow, that's something wow. that gets me. So, you know, if I, if, if I ever were to, to kind of get back into science, I'd, I'd want to get back into something like that, like, you know, work on microRNAs. Wow. So cool. So you, you discovered a particular type of RNA? Well, in, in, in plants, I, actually, 
to, to kind of, you know, kind of, uh, maybe provide a little more detail. I discovered the first function for a plant microRNA. Oh. Like what, what's, what is this plant microRNA doing in the plant? Well, it does this. And that, that's what I discovered. Oh my God. Wow. How did that feel? It felt really exciting because I mean, you, you know, it's like I, you go to, I, you know, you go to school, you get your undergrad degree, then you go to get a PhD. You spend like 15 years, you know, slogging away at, 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 at science, not knowing if you're ever going to make mm. a difference or whatever. Um, and then something like that happens and you kind of go, okay, I guess it was all worth it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so when Fuck. you make that discovery, are you, do you have to like write a paper on it? Do you have to kind of publish anything about it? That, yeah. What yeah. You yeah, you're, yeah. You should publish it. I was able to publish that, which was good because some, I was working in a company at the time and companies can be a little uh, hard nosed about letting you publish, mm. but I, I kind of was, you know, persistent and said, no, this needs to be published. Okay. Um, and so we were, we were able to publish that. That was 2004. I think that came out. Um, and then over the course of many years at this company, just kind of found myself moving away from microRNAs <laughs> because they, 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 they felt like it wasn't, um, financial, like lucrative. It wasn't something where they could make a product out of it. And, uh, I don't know. Every year that I was at that company was like, you know, the, the was like a bad, it just got worse and worse for me over the years. And then finally they laid me off in 2016. And that was the last I saw of science at that point. That was, gotcha. I was done with science in 2016. So did you get a bit disheartened with the red tape and the, um, the kind of commercialization of science sort of thing? Yeah. And just the, um, at the, you know, in a company like that, you just don't have any, autonomy to, mm. to kind of work, you know, if you think about academic research at a university that you have, a, you, you decide what you're going to research. Now, obviously you got to grant, write grants and do all that stuff, but, uh, but at least you have a little bit more autonomy, but in a company, they just, it's all top down. They're just all telling you what you're going to work on. Yeah. yeah. And they had me working on dirt by the end. I was, I wasn't even working on genes anymore. It's like, I trained myself to work on DNA and on genes and they said, mm. no, go work on dirt. Instead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just dirt. <laughs> yeah. You're dirt and you should work on dirt. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it felt like to me. Were you, did everyone think you were cool at work? Was there an event? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I actually was surprised that, um, when I, f when I first interviewed there to get the job, the guy that hired me said, uh, uh, well, I heard you're in a band. And I said, yeah, I'm in this band and we're, we're actually playing tonight. And he went and saw my band play that night. This, I went even hadn't gotten, I hadn't even gotten hired yet. And he yeah. went to go see the, see the band play. So it was kind of like my part of my, my second part of my job interview was to, was this guy who's going to come and see me, see me play. Do you remember band, seeing his so. face in the crowd? I, when I, when I came to the club, I, I walked through the front just because it was easiest. And I saw him waiting in line and he didn't, I don't think he saw me. But I saw him and I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. I was like freaking out. Like, oh, my God, this guy's actually showing up. And it kind of made me real nervous to get on stage and play because it was like, this guy, like, if I don't, if I suck, he's not going to hire me. Yeah. So. Isn't it, isn't it funny how you can really hone in on one person in a crowd? It can be a big crowd. Yeah. And if you're thinking of this one person, it can kind of fuck yeah. you up sometimes, can't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, you know, if, like if my wife's there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, of course, she's heard all the songs so many times. So, 
Yeah. Um, how do you guys, do you guys, like, when you guys play these days, you've played so much, are they all, like, pretty good shows or do you still have any kind of, like, better shows than others or, you know? I think you, you get in certain... Uh, you get in a certain groove for sure. And then it's like, oh man, we just finished this tour. And it's like every show was just kick ass. Like we played, um, this would have been in like May, I think. And we played just some shows in the Midwest of the, of East, the States here. And I just remember getting done with those and being like, that was, I was like, I was really on top of the world in terms of my singing. Mm. And Bill was the same way. Like we were all just like, yeah, those were good shows. I mean, and even, you know, even shows that are not the, like the best shows, I think, you know, we, we always bring it, but sometimes it just all clicks, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. and when it all clicks, we all know it, you know? Yeah. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to these Australia shows. Cause I mean, I don't know if you guys heard, but I had a heart attack <laughs> oh, shit. in the, yeah, I, yeah. I had a heart attack in, uh, at the end of July. Oh my God. I was in Barcelona. Fuck. Yeah. Oh my God. And dude. so, so I, it was a mild, mild heart attack, but I had to have, they had to put a stent in, you know, one of those like, uh, yeah. artery, artery openers, basically. How did you know you and were having came, one? Um, yeah, I was, um, I was having some chest pains. I, I landed we, so we had this, we had this like 10 day European sh- uh, tour planned. I land and I'm waiting for the rest of the band to show up. And I actually started walking to the beach and, uh, I was, and I feeling chest pains. I was like, Oh no, what's going on? Oh. So I went back and I lied down, laid down. And then I took a baby aspirin and I was just basically, but by, by the end of that night, I had to um, go to the ER mm. and then they, 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 they said, well, you know, we're going to put the stent in. And I said, okay, but I got a show to play tonight. So can I do that? And they go, no, you're not going to play a show tonight. <laughs> oh. about? I go, well, what about the show tomorrow night? And the night yeah. after I said, no, no, you're not playing any of these shows. So at that point, we had to cancel the tour. Yeah. Oh like, man. What so, if I have a coffee? And they're like, no. Yeah, no yeah, coffee. No, don't. <laughs> coffee's not going to help. No. So, so that was a huge, huge disappointment. Everyone just flew home. I had to. I had to stay there to kind of recoup a little bit. But I came back here. And here's the point of the story. As I came back here, I went to my basement, started singing. And it was like, whoa! I, you know, it's something something uh, what you know maybe the stent they put in or i had more wind i just oh had more God. i just my voice my voice was just in a much better kind of like frame of, of where it should be like it was more localized to where it should be whoa and uh it was just the weirdest thing that to have happened and so i've just been enjoying singing the last few weeks um just realizing that uh that i'm just yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm obviously way improved. Something got improved and it must have been, you know, something related to my heart that, that just got improved. Over, over yeah, because what does the stent do? It um, opens up the artery or something like that? Yeah, it opens up the artery. I felt like before I went to Europe, I feel like I was, I was, I would sing and I'd get to the end of a line and I, things would kind of break up mm. and my voice would kind of break up at the end of a line. I thought, what the, what's going on here? And that that went away. So I wonder if I was just maybe lacking a little wind, even. Yeah. Um, you know, to get to get to get to the end of a line. Yeah. Um, I mean, the other possibility is I'm on a ton of drugs too. So <laughs> meds. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some some of the meds. You know, one of the meds I take is a beta blocker. Mm. And I think that the beta blockers can really ch- chill you out. Yeah. So I feel like that might have something to do with it as well, where I'm just. Mm. I get down there in my basement to sing and I'm just really chill. 
Yeah. And I think that just helps. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. We're playing a festival with you, yours and ours in Wollongong. Okay. All right. Wait, what's the name of your band? We're called These New South Wales. These New South Wales. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. Is it the same date? It's actually not. It's not, oh, which is devastating. Yeah. Oh, damn. Oh, so we won't, unless moment. you want to stick around one more night in Wollongong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stay around there. Fly out. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think we have to go. I think we have to go to Adelaide next after that. So oh, maybe. sick. When was the last time you were in Australia? I feel like it was 2018, so pre-COVID. I think this could be our third time there. Yeah, we went in 2011. I think, and then we went in 2018 and now. Yeah. All right. So you guys are playing Melbourne October 18th. Might try and come down to that show. Singers will miss you at yours and ours. Yeah. Because Wollongong's, that's like a suburb of Sydney, right? Or something? Yeah. It's like an hour out of Sydney. So it's sort of like okay. not Sydney, but like right next to it, if that makes okay. sense. Yeah. Are you going to be playing like mainly. Like, are you? Pl- I, I, I'm gather. I gather you'll play like a whole mix of stuff on this Oz tour coming up, right? Yeah, yeah. We 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 kind of uh, sample our favorite songs from all the records. Uh, you know, it's whatever we want. It's whatever we play that that like really, you know, feels right. But like, you know, we put out Ninth and Walnut. We'll play a couple Ninth and Walnut songs. We'll play a couple Hypercathium songs. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, we, we have to play some um, out of the college. We do <laughs> yeah. a fair number of those. Yeah. Um, and we even play stuff from the Fat EP yeah, way nice. back when. So. Nice. Do you change your set list up much between shows or do you kind of, will you keep it the same for like the, the Australian tour? I feel like Bill, Bill and I put it together as a team, but I feel like uh, he's been doing more of the heavy lifting lately. <laughs> um, but, uh, he, I think he likes to, uh, change it up, uh, change it up, uh, uh tweak it. He likes to tweak it. I mean, I don't, we're not, we're not going to be playing. It's all, it's always going to have the same kind of core songs, but we'll insert songs in at various points because it's fun to do so or to, or to kind of keep it in, you know, if people, for example, we're playing Wollongong. And we're playing Sydney, but maybe maybe people might show up at both shows. Well, then I feel like we 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 can you mm. know give them some special stuff at one show versus the other. So that would might that would be an opportunity for us to kind of insert some stuff in there that in in one of those shows that we wouldn't play at the other one, and that keeps it fun for everybody. Yeah, that's you a know? really nice like it's actually actually a very thoughtful thing to to do as a band, I think, because it's it's not like a. It's not a big change for you, but for a fan, it it can be. Yeah, it can it can do everything. Yeah, where we might play a song where it's like, oh man, I didn't hear that one last night. That's great. They're playing it tonight. We there's certain songs that we that we just have to play, and also there's a, there's all there's also certain songs that we have to just that we just have to start with because they you know it's kind of like the tr- it's tried and tested. Yes. Like this one song is the song that you start with mm. because it just it just gets everyone going yep. and for us it's everything sucks you know we've got to play everything sucks first because it's like ah yeah but we'll, we'll we'll insert given those parameters we'll still insert stuff in the middle of the set to, to kind of mix it up yeah, yeah. it's yeah. funny finding those opening 
and the closers like the openers and the closers yeah. and you become sort of addicted to them in a way don't you because you, it becomes a part of your like the way you turn on like I know I always love picking a, picking a song that will like really switch me on right you know t- t- to, to open with something that will really get into the bones straight away right yeah and then you try to sometimes go oh maybe we should open with like song 8 from that album a few albums ago <laughs> as some weird thing to do and it's like it's never it's never the right decision yeah, I, I'm all, I'm a, I'm probably a little more uh, willing to kind of, like I like when I got back from uh, from having my heart attack. I have this song on hypercaffeine called uh, "No Fat Burger," and the chorus is "No More Fat." So the song is tailor made for post heart attack. Put it in the <laughs> set, and I thought, well, we should just start with that. Like my first song back after having a heart mm. attack could be "No More Fat." Because there's a line in there about like you know, uh, he, my doctor told me I'm barely alive. This kind of stuff. Mm. And but then I, I thought about it, and I think Bill would be kind of like, no, it's got to be everything sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> got to be that. <laughs> you know, so, so did have you had to cut down on? Is that what you've had to cut down on? Fat post heart attack? Um, yeah. I mean, I my diet wasn't that bad. It's just that I should say my. My general diet wasn't bad. It's just that I was cheat. I was cheating a lot. Like, uh, you know, I would, I would be like, you know, like I went up to Canada about it. This was really kind of funny slash sad, I suppose. <laughs> but about a week before my heart attack, I, w- I was up in Canada because we were supposed to play a show up in Canada. Now the rest of the band couldn't make it because of flight problems. So I was there up there alone on my own up in Canada. And I actually did a little acoustic uh, show or solo, I should say solo show up there. Oh, cool. But while I'm in Canada, why the hell not get some poutine? Mm. So I, but the thing is, I don't, I not only had one poutine, I had like two poutines and it's just like, I look back and I just go, you fucking idiot. <laughs> like I'll never, I'll never have another poutine ever. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Poutine is now, poutine is now my enemy. Yeah. But the thing is, so I'm at this point, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm very much like, veg focused and very much uh well i'm not meat focused i can just put it that way yeah i i'm still i'm still eating seafood because i think because i like seafood and then i feel like i can still handle something like that is it the red meat that's got a lot of like fat on it or something like that yeah 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 Yeah, so i'm not I'm, i'm off red meat i occasionally have some chicken just very occasionally have some like skinless chicken breast chicken breast yeah something like that just to kind of get some protein or whatever, but, uh, yeah. And then, yeah, it's just trying to, it's trying to not, not be the overindulgent guy basically. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much off dairy too. Oh, at this okay. Point, so, yeah, yeah. Cause I eat a lot of Greek yogurt. Yeah. And I also, when you say cheat, like I cheat sometimes, like, um, I'll, I'll have like mashed potatoes for dinner and my girlfriend will put the butter in the mashed potatoes and she'll, oh put, my God. Like, she'll put a bit You're of butter in. You're making me salivate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, but then it goes on my plate. I'll re-up on butter. Oh. So I'll, I'll butter yeah, it. I'll butter yeah, down. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll butter yeah. down twice. Yeah. Yeah. And then for like our big thing for Thanksgiving, which is our stupid feast, feast holiday here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is, 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 is mashed potatoes, but 
I just, I won't be able to do them. I can't, mm. I can't do it. Yeah. You can have mashed potatoes and I'm vegan. So I know how to make them without the butter. You can put olive oil in and like mix it around. Olive oil, it's still yeah. good. Yeah. And okay. it sounds yeah. like you're on pretty much the Mediterranean diet, which yeah, is. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm aiming yeah, at. Yeah. A lot of vegetables, yeah. not much dairy. Like if you go to Greece, which I was recently on holiday, they don't really use butter. They use just olive oil for everything. And it's kind of like. Yeah. That's still that's, good. Yeah, and my, healthy. My wife, my wife uh, is a, is a, doing a lot of cooking for me because she she realizes that she needs to keep me around. <laughs> like, <laughs> if I, like it, maybe if I cook for this guy, I yeah. can keep him alive. You know. Yeah. But no, she's she's been cooking a lot of like beans. Yeah. And stuff. Oh, yeah. I'm like I've been eating like way too many beans in her oh. opinion because it, it it kind of ruins her life a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say no more. It's healthy. You know? <laughs> I just say, hey, you're keeping me alive, so deal yeah. with it. You know? Now you know how you yeah. got more wind for your vocals. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably right. That's what it was. Yeah, that was yes. I like that one. That was good. <laughs> I had some questions, but they were probably more relevant a while like earlier in the convo. But um I'm just like always, I'm always quite fascinated about like the 80s California kind of like hardcore punk scene. And, um, you know, like I read the NoFX autobiography like a few few years back and like there's quite a big chunk on like growing up and like being teenagers and going to see bands and playing kind of around that time. And I know you guys were kind of playing around then too. I was just wondering if you had any kind of like thoughts or like reflections on being in a band or like the music scene at that time? Well, well, I mean, it was such a, uh, I mean, I can look back and I can, I can, you know, recognize that it was pretty cool in terms of, you know, you look at some of the bills from that period and it's just like, okay, we're going to go tonight. We're going to go to the Starwood and we're going to see, we're going to go see black flag and the Minutemen and Saccharine Trust and the Adolescence and Fear wow. on the same bill or whatever, mm. you know. And just, you know, I'm a bit, I'm a bit of a nerd when it when it comes to LA punk because I just like it's like it's kind of in my blood. And so I, I I just think back to all those bands and it's just really important for me to remember just all all, all those shows and and. uh just how uh, how it animated me as a, as a human, mm. as a, as a, as a young 17, 16, 17 year old kid who didn't really know, you know, where my crew was, didn't know who my crew was, and to have it just to have it just kind of light up my life the way that it did, and uh, you know, of course, it led me to the Descendants as well because mm. I was going to see shows and then. Um, so I'd already been to a bunch of shows, but then Bill, uh, they, he, he started selling his, his 45 ride the wild, the hectic world at school. And, and, uh, he and I were not really even acquaintances at that point. We were schoolmates in terms of being going to the same school, but he, we weren't really hanging out or anything, but he sold me that 45 and, and I was just, it just kind of, it kind of hit my ears at the right time because I it was listening to all this like stuff like the germs and X and, and to then hear ride the wild hectic world and realize these guys, they go to my high school. You know? Yeah. And then, and then, and then, you know, I think I must've gone to 
watch them practice like a week later, like, Hey, I want to go see you guys practice, you know? And they're like, sure. Come see, come see us practice. So it just all kind of dovetailed for me. And yeah. it all started. Yeah. It all started with all those LA bands and yeah. listening to Rodney, Rodney on the rock, which is, I mean, the, this, this kind of stuff, like, I didn't know where you, where you buy you know, the only record stores out there at that point were music plus and this kind of thing, licorice pizza or tar or tower tower records you couldn't find any of this stuff at, the, at those places so i'd listen to rodney and he'd be spinning all this like la punk and go i'd, I'd be thinking well, where do i get this stuff and then i finally figured out there's a place in uh long beach called zed records that you could go and, and get all this stuff but i mean it, it really took you know digging around for it mm. all and uh and just to kind of just to kind of experience it all in in real time and to have it just kind of to have it just kind of bathe over you as a, as a whole bunch of different bands all at once. It was almost overwhelming. Well, and, just, and an obsession, it sounds like, you know, and I'm sure like I certainly relate and heaps of the listeners to this podcast will relate as so many of them are massive music fans. But like you start as a music fan, right? And you're like trying to get as close to the to that flame yeah. as you possibly can. Yeah. And, and it's obsession and uh, that pulls you into it in the first place, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. And you become, it's, it's, it's definitely the, the, it's definitely an obsession because, because you start to, you start to kind of go, this, this is it. What can I do? What, what steps can I take to make this just be something I can immerse myself in 24 seven? And what can I do? You know? Yeah. And, you know, and I, I, I got so into X that they put their first record out and I was like, I need to, I need an X t-shirt. And I didn't know. I, I didn't know that they made them. I figured I'd have to stencil it myself. So I, I don't know <laughs> I if you've that. seen the X. <laughs> yeah. So, you, you know, you, there's the X, there's the X album cover and it's got this X, this flaming, it's a flaming X. And I took an X-Acto knife and I'm like cutting around it to make a stencil of the flaming X and, and then and spray painting a shirt. I, ha I think I had that shirt for a few years. It was total shit, but, wow. you, know, <laughs> you know, but that's the kind of stuff that you would do as a music yeah. fan. You just be like this, you know, how do I pay homage to my favorite band? You know? How are you finding out about shows and things? Like, is it literally just going to like the record store and picking up a flyer and going, all right, I might go to that show or? Well, I feel like the the main rag in town was the LA Weekly and they were, they were already fairly, a fairly robust kind of, uh, you know, weekly mag that, that would, that would have all the ads for all, right. for all the clubs. And so as long as it wasn't like a, like a home, like a, one of these, how, like a house party kind of a yeah. gig, if it was going to be at the Starwood or if it was going to be at the whiskey, or if it was going to be at, uh, you know, a myriad number of other clubs at the time, uh, then you'd know about it just yeah. by, just by going to that, 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 that magazine. But I mean, I, I, I'm so grateful to, you know, that, 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 uh, that, that, that existed at that time because it could have been the case that LA, that the LA punk wasn't being, you know, wasn't, uh, was more like at the, at the house party level, mm. in which case that, I mean, I wouldn't have been like, who do I, who do I talk about yeah. to go to a house party or something like that? You know, no, I, I just would go and look through the LA, LA yeah. weekly. Yeah. Did yeah. you find the scene quite, um, like, uh, approachable and, and like friendly or were people, were people like, yeah, were they approachable and friendly or was it kind of like a difficult kind of scene to crack into? Just as a as a punter, even. I mean, I I know that there was there was definitely a, a violent element 
and and that was all happening. And you know, if if you were to show up at that time, I guess if you were to show up with long hair, you might you might run into some problems. Mm. Um, you know the the hit you know the punks didn't like the hippies or whatever. But uh, I I I just wanted to. I wanted so badly to see these bands that I would just kind of like, I would show up and just go to the front of the stage and plant myself there. <laughs> and then there's all this mayhem going on behind me, you know, like mm. people are slam dancing and people are, you know, they, they, in some cases they've got their, you know, weapons that they somehow smuggled in. They're like, you know, getting a little crazy with, Fuck. um, but I, but I would just, I, you know, I, I, my back was turned to that. My back, yeah. my focus was entirely on the band. And so there could have been people, you know, killing each other behind me and I wouldn't have cared. Yeah, right. Get in, go under the radar, hit the front of the stage. That's a good plan. Yeah. It's so interesting because it's like, I think it's really cool for people listening who are like just big music fans to kind of be able to relate with musicians or like bands that they revere on the same level of just being really excited to go to shows, you know? And it's really cool to hear you talk about that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, I, I, I still like, you know, going out to shows if I can swing it. And then, you know, when we play these festivals, um, part of, part of the reason why I, I do like festivals, I mean, a lot of bands don't because it's like, oh, big festival show, you know, it's like, mm. it's like, uh, you know, not intimate or whatever, but I like festivals because you get to see all the other bands play. Mm. And to me, it's, there's a big, there's a big curiosity about who else is on the bill. And, and sometimes it's, it's kind of like one of my favorite bands might be on the bill, you know? Yeah. Um, well, Milo, we'll we'll let you go, man. Thank you so okay. much for coming on the pod. Yeah. All right. Um, it's been a lovely chat and really good. nice to meet you. Good to talk to you guys. And uh, I, I guess we won't be crossing paths at Yours and Owls, but... No, uh, not at Yours um, and Owls, but we will, we will endeavour to get to your Melbourne show. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Which yeah. would be fantastic. I'll be the nerdy yeah. guy up the front. Okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> All right, mate. Have All a right, good man. tour. All right. All right, thanks a lot. Thanks uh, so much, right. dude. Good luck with your band. Thank you. Did you say the name again. Say the name again. Wait. Uh, these these New South Wales. These Good New age. South Wales. Yeah, listen listen okay. to our third record. It's called TNSW. TNSW. Yeah, All check right. it on. All right. Very good. Cool. Good on you, mate. All right, man. Take care. See you later. See ya. Bye. Bye. <laughs>